The Cardinals dropped two of three in L.A., but the real story is Albert Pujols. Reaching the 700 home run plateau, we'll recap Friday's magical night as Jose Quintana pitched his way into the playoff rotation, plus injury updates on Jordan Hicks and Tyler O'Neill. all on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. J.D. Hatford, I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I am your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. If you would like to share the YouTube videos, that's fantastic, too. We're never going to say no to that. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Well, I hope you guys had a good weekend because I sure did, especially on Friday night. He did it. Albert Pujols did it. A magical night in Los Angeles where he spent almost half of his career. The greatest right-handed hitter in Cardinals history, thrilled the fans not only in L.A. and St. Louis, but across a national telecast on Apple Plus, which not everybody was happy about. But he slugged home runs number 699 and 700 in consecutive at-bats. He not only made history with the long balls, but also got the Cardinals another game closer to clinching a playoff berth here in 2022. Now, there were a couple of things that I, I was a little bit sad about. I want to get them out of the way real quick. First, I wish, I really wish that this had happened in St. Louis for the fans who have loved and supported number five during his 12 years in a Cardinals uniform, but also over his entire 22-year career. I mean, you see how they go crazy over the home runs that were getting him closer to 700. Imagine if that 700th home run would have been hit at Bush Stadium into Big Mac land, over the bullpen in left field, wherever it might have landed. That would have been cool, but it didn't happen. I also wish it had happened during a Bally Sports Midwest telecast so Dan McLaughlin could have had the chance to call it for the Cardinal fans watching. That sucks. I, I feel bad for Danny Mac that he didn't get to do that. I heard John Rooney's call on uh, KMOX, and that's fine. But for most of us who watch it on TV, Danny Mac is the voice that we're used to hearing. And to not be able to call 700 that sucks for Danny man I, I feel bad for him but other than that could you have picked a better time to do it in all honesty in Los Angeles the only other place he's ever played as a major leaguer and yes I know the Angels play in Anaheim Orange County but it's still Los Angeles okay it happened on a national telecast so that was pretty cool against the best team in baseball it just fit he got to hit the two home runs in L.A., which allowed his family to be on hand for the historic night. Uh, Pujol said this, what a special night to have my family in town and to do it at Dodger Stadium. I said it earlier, my joy pretty much of this game came back last year while playing for the Dodgers and being in the postseason. It's pretty special with the Dodgers fans here, and I get both sides of this. The Dodgers get to enjoy this, and I get to do it with a Cardinals uniform, which makes it even more special. I'm just thanking God. No scenario was going to be perfect. <laughs> it never was going to happen that way. And this way he got to share it with everybody that 
he spent time with in the major league. So Albert Pujols becomes a member of one of the most exclusive clubs in baseball history on Friday night, launching number 699 and 700 of his career to lead the Cardinals over the Dodgers in L.A. He became only the fourth player to reach that milestone 18 years after Barry Bonds was admitted, 49 years after Hank Aaron did it, and 88 years after Babe Ruth became the character member of the 700 club. And he will likely be the last one to get there for a long, long time. Uh, Rob Raines over at stlsportspage.com pointed out that there are only eight, eight active players with 300 or more career home runs, and only two of them are less than 34 years old. The Angels' Mike Trout and the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton, and both of them have dealt with a lot of injuries the last couple of seasons. Pujols now has 700. Next on the list is the Tigers' Miguel Cabrera, 39 years old. He's at 506, okay? Three years younger than Albert, but almost 200 home runs behind the guy, and we all know how great Miguel Cabrera has been over his career. Uh, next is the Washington Nationals' 41-year-old D.H. Nelson Cruz at 459. Then you've got Stanton, who's 32. He's got 375. Trout, who's 30 years old with 346 home runs. And those wondering about Aaron Judge, who was still stuck on 60 uh, this season. He's 30 years old already. Most people don't realize that he's 30, and he's only got 218 career home runs. So he's not going to do it. Uh, the, the Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, he's number 10 on the list right now at age 34 with 315. And then Nolan Arenado right behind him in 11th place at age 31 with 299. So there's a reason why you only have four people who have reached 700 home runs, because it's not easy to not only hit home runs in general, but play long enough and at a high enough level to be able to get there. Albert hit home run number one of his career on April 6th, 2001 against the Arizona Diamondbacks, Armando Reynoso. How about that trivia question? And on September 23rd, he hit number 700 off of the Dodgers' Phil Bickford. From 2001 to 2012, Albert never hit less than 30 home runs in a season. And he averaged almost 40 a year over that time span. Almost that entire time with the St. Louis Cardinals, the uh, 2012 season was when he went over to uh, the Angels. Now, in his 22 seasons, he's averaged just under 32 home runs a season, which includes seasons of hitting just 17. 19, you had the COVID year where he only hit six because they only played 30 games and uh, 17, which had brought his average home runs per season down a bunch. But the consistency that it takes to hit a number like this, it's astounding. It's incredible for somebody to do that. And the sad thing is this season, he's hit 21 in just 291 official at bats. He looks healthy. He looks as energized as ever. It looks like he could keep going. He's helped propel this Cardinals team in the second half of the season to a 39-20 record and on the verge of winning the NL Central. He became only the second player whose career lasted more than 10 years to hit 20 more home runs in his first season and then 20 or more in his final year. The only other person to do that? Ted Williams. Boston Red Sox great Ted Williams was the only other player to pull that off. Pujols has also reached the 20-homer mark for the 18th time in his career. The only players who have... More 20 home run seasons were Hank Aaron and Barry Bonds. It was the fourth two-homer game of the season for Albert, who has 15 of his home runs since the All-Star break, which ties him for third in all of baseball behind Aaron Judge, who's doing crazy stuff this year. And then Manny Machado, number 699, came in the third inning. A two-run shot off of Andrew Heaney, which was a no-doubter. When he hit it, it was like, whoa, 434 feet, smoked it. End of the left field stands, 
Top of the fourth, he hits number 700 on a 1-1 slider. Not quite as far, 389 feet, but it was a majestic high shot, and it gave the Cardinals a 5 to nothing lead, and it left him just six RBI shy of Babe Ruth for second on the all-time RBI list behind Hank Aaron. So another crazy number that he's getting ready to, to pass here this year. After circling the bases, Pujols went straight over to Adrian Beltre, his really good friend, for a high five through the netting. He was then greeted outside of the dugout by his Cardinal teammates. Uh, I believe it was Brennan Donovan who got the first hug because Donovan was on base at the time. So rookie Brennan Donovan is the first Cardinal player that Albert Pujols hugs after he hits home run number 700. Who would have thought that would have happened? You would have thought it'd be Yachty. He gets around to Yachty after a couple of people, but uh, the crowd goes crazy. Standing ovation, uh, chance of Pujols and Albert out loud because that was cool because the Dodgers fans loved him when he was with the Dodgers last year and they showed him a ton of respect at the all-star game during the home run derby so if it wasn't going to happen at Bush Stadium this was the perfect place for it to happen and we've seen a lot of emotions from Albert over the years but I don't ever recall seeing him cry and we didn't see it this time either because he took his emotions down the tunnel he reportedly wept in the tunnel by the dugout after he hit number 700 Cardinals manager Ali Marmel was uh Talking about it after the game, he was one of the guys who pushed for the Cardinals to actually sign Albert. Remember, with a week left in spring training is when it finally happened, even though guys like myself said it was a perfect fit and it should happen. It took him a while before it finally came to fruition. And um, Ollie glanced down the tunnel, saw squatting Pujols with his head in his hands. And uh, Marmol, someone who has known Pujols for more than 15 years and actually lives in a St. Louis area house owned by Albert, said that seeing that sort of raw motion from someone who has accomplished so much will be his lasting memory of the historic night, saying him by himself, no cameras. I just sat there and watched him a little bit. I'm not sure what was exactly going through his head, but he was taking it all in. He was crouched down and his hands were in his face. It wasn't a part of the show and everything that was going on on the field. It was just him realizing all he had just accomplished and pretty damn cool. Cool indeed, Ollie. And I'm sure the, the conquering hero will get the ovation he deserves when the team gets back to St. Louis on Friday. Now, as far as the historic home run balls go, number 699 was actually returned by the fan. And uh, then the uh, guy who got 700 decided to keep it. Now, Albert could care less, saying after the game, souvenirs are for the fans. I don't have any problem if they want to keep it. If they want to give it back, that's great. But at the end of the day, I don't focus on material stuff. A lot like he said after he had hit the home run in Pittsburgh when he passed Alex Rodriguez, he's like, nah, it's okay. If they want to keep it, no big deal. He's not worried about it. So pretty cool night. Great, great moment. One of the coolest things I've ever seen watching this game over uh, over the years. So congratulations to Albert. Uh, we're going to talk more about the games themselves that happened this weekend and the brilliance of one Jose Quintana. We're going to do that next here on Locked on Cardinals. But first, I would like to talk to you about LinkedIn. There we go. Uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. Now, you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team, and they do it faster, and they do it for free. So let me get this straight. We find the right people. I don't have to wait a long time to find the right person and you're not going to charge me. That's a win-win situation, right? Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools. They've got the uh, screening questions, which are very important. 
They make it easier to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That way you're not sifting through all of the resumes that just don't quite fit what it is you're looking for. It narrows it down a lot quicker for you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to, and it does it faster than everybody else. Post your job for free. You can do that at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That way you can post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, besides Albert doing his damage on Friday night, the Cardinals offense was excellent as a whole. Uh, They hit three other home runs in the game, making this the first time in their history that they had hit five home runs in a game at Dodger Stadium. And it was the rookies. It was the rookies who stepped up. My man Lars Newbar, homering in the fifth inning, his 14th overall. Juan Yepes in the seventh, his 12th. Alec Burleson hits his first career home run in the eighth inning. I mean, how cool is that for Alec Burleson? The game that he finally hits one over the wall, same one that Albert Pujols hits number 700. That's something special. And all three of these rookies are going to be able to say that now that, dude, I hit a home run in the same game that Albert Pujols hit number 700. I mean, what a great story. Newbar also drove in another run with a single as he finished with three hits. Dylan Carlson had a pair of doubles, drove in a run, and scored twice in the 11 and nothing shellacking of the Dodgers. Oddly enough, Goldie and Arenado had combined 0 for 8 in the game, but who cares, man? It was it was fun to watch, man. You got Albert doing his thing. You got the rookies doing their thing. And besides the offense, the other big story, on the mound, you had the lefty Jose Quintana dominating, throwing six and two-thirds shutout innings while striking out six. He didn't walk any. He allowed just five hits. Zach Thompson throws an inning and a third of shutout ball. And then out of nowhere, talk about another crazy story. Outfielder Corey Dickerson (laughs) comes in and throws a shutout inning. He gives up a couple of hits, but Corey Dickerson can say, I threw in the game that Albert Pujols hit number 700 at Dodger Stadium because we were winning so much that he was allowed to come in and throw an inning. Corey Dickerson, unreal, throwing an inning in this. Uh, Have you noticed, though? How good Jose Quintana has been. You probably have. But in case you haven't, check out the stats. He's not allowed a run in his last two starts. That covers 14 and two-thirds innings. In four September starts, Quintana has allowed only two runs over 25 and a third innings. And his ERA on the season is now down to 3.03, which is eighth best in the National League. That's ahead of guys like you, Darvish, uh, rating NL Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns. Kyle Wright, who's the 20-game winner with Atlanta. Aaron Nola, the ace for Philadelphia. Since coming to the Cardinals, he's got a 3-1 record. His ERA, 2.14. He struck out 41 hitters in 54 and two-thirds innings and has walked just 13. He's also got a ground ball percentage of 49.7, which would be a career high for him since joining the team. And when you feature three gold glovers out there, Arnato at third, Goldschmidt at first, Edmund playing second or short. Um, you're going to have success with that kind of uh, game plan where it's ground balls, ground balls, ground balls. And it's working out nicely for Jose Quintana. Um, the question is, has he now pitched himself into a top three spot in the rotation come playoff time? And I don't see why not. Uh, Wainwright continues to fight through this dead arm era that he's dealing with, but hopefully we'll get right by the playoffs. I have faith in Adam that he's going to be fine once we get to October, but 
we're getting pretty close. Okay. We're only a few days out from this. So uh, that's a little bit worrisome. Uh, let's Michaelis. Michaelis has looked much better recently. I'll be honest. He hasn't been too bad. Jordan Montgomery appears to be human. Finally, we knew that what he was doing was going to be tough to replicate over and over and over. It was a great run when he first got here. Now starting to come back down to earth a little bit after his amazing start. And then you've got Jack Flaherty who's still coming back from injury. So you're not totally sure what you're going to get just yet. Kind of a wild card in this whole thing. But Quintana has been their best pitcher in September and absolutely deserves a spot. And if anything, you know, because he doesn't throw a lot of innings. Like Quintana's not one who normally will go into your seventh or eighth inning. If anything, you piggyback him with uh, Hudson or Flaherty or Steven Matz out of the bullpen in a game since most uh, games he doesn't go deep. So you can do that. Just some ideas that you can throw out there. He's certainly deserving of interest from the team after the season, uh, considering that he only signed a one-year $2 million deal with Pittsburgh. And then the Cardinals trade for him and get him over here. Uh, if they're already looking towards next season. You've got Jordan Montgomery is already under contract, so he's not going anywhere. Match you've got locked up. Flaherty, which I know he's looking for an extension and whatnot, but 26 years old, they're probably going to lock him up at some point. Uh, if Wayno comes back and then you get Quintana, there you are. You're set for next year. There's your five. If Wainwright doesn't come back, you've got Dakota Hudson. You've got some guys in the minor leagues. Perhaps you sign a guy. There are some options there. But if you went into next season, you have Montgomery, Matz, and Quintana, three left-handers, and then Flaherty and Wayno from the right side, I'll be okay with that. I'm not going to complain too much about that whatsoever. But again, someone could still offer Quintana a bigger deal. So hopefully, and I'm sure the Cardinals have already thought about this, we'll have a discussion with him at least about uh, what's going on next year. Now, speaking of Montgomery and Wainwright, they did throw on Saturday and Sunday. We're going to talk about them next and give you an update on the injuries to Jordan Hicks and Tyler O'Neill on Locked on Cardinals. So after all the fun in the hoopla on Friday night, Back to business on Saturday. You had Jordan Montgomery on the mound against Clayton Kershaw and Montgomery's recent struggles sadly continued in this one. He lost his third consecutive start after giving up three home runs in the span of six batters in the first two innings that carry the Dodgers to a six to two win. The uh, Cardinals won Montgomery's first seven starts of the year, and he was amazing, like dominant after he was acquired from the Yankees at the trade deadline. But in his last three starts, he has allowed 13 earned runs and a combined 14 and a third innings, and that's not good at all. Uh, the three home runs off of Montgomery put the Cardinals in a four to nothing hole, and the Dodgers added two more runs in the fourth. Montgomery's last inning of work. Dakota Hudson, how about Dakota? Goes to Memphis, figures out some stuff, gets comfortable once again, makes his first relief appearance of the season, and pitches three scoreless innings, allowing two hits and a walk. And once again, look good doing it. Uh, Dakota's last two outings, fantastic stuff out of him. The only highlight for the Cardinals in this one, a two-run homer by Nolan Arenado in the sixth inning, which gave him 30 home runs and 100 RBIs for the season. Paul Goldschmidt has already reached those marks this, for, this year. So this marks the first year. How about this stat? This marks the first year that the Cardinals have two players reaching those totals in the same season since 2008. Albert Pujols was one of those guys. Does anybody know who the second one is? Any guesses? Ryan Ludwig. Ryan Ludwig. When's the last time you heard that name? Pujols and Ludwig in 2008. Uh, then on Sunday, you got Wainwright going up against right-hander Michael Grove. And unfortunately, another rough start for Wayno, who lasted only three innings. He gave up four runs as the Dodgers beat the Cardinals 4-1. to one. 
which gave them a two and four record against the Padres and Dodgers on this road trip. You still got two more games against the Brewers before they wrap it up. The Cardinals only run on Sunday came in the second inning. Juan Yepes draws a one out walk, went to second on a single by Dylan Carlson, scored on a single by Yadier Molina. They had only five hits in the game, all singles, and had only one runner reach their base. After seemingly breaking out of their hitting slump on Thursday and Friday, the Cardinals just scored three runs in the next two games. Tommy Edmond, this one stood out to me. One for his last 23. Corey Dickerson, 0 for his last 21, but did a good job pitching on Friday night. <laughs> so um, hopefully, I, I really hope that the, the, they're not worried about the slump again. Um, things were really nice on Thursday against the Padres. And then, of course, Friday, you put up 11 on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are really good. Clayton Kershaw on Saturday. I mean, it's Clayton Kershaw. Okay, I, I'm going to give you a pass on that, on that one. Sunday, I think maybe it was just the end of a long week, and they might have been a little bit wiped out emotionally and physically after everything that went down on Friday. So I'm willing to give them a pass for the last two days, but it, you got to get it ramped up again, and hopefully they can do that when they get to Milwaukee on Tuesday. All right, injury updates on Jordan Hicks and Tyler O'Neill. If you remember, Hicks placed on the IL September 17th with right arm fatigue and neck spasms. Now, imaging exams revealed no structural problems. That's great. On Sunday, Ali was asked about Hicks and says that he'll begin a throwing pro program on Tuesday in St. Louis with the club still hopeful that the right-hander can contribute in the postseason. Say what? Like, I hope he's back by then. Because I tell you what. I said it before, he was looking real good. That slider was looking nasty. He was throwing 102 still. And then out of nowhere, neck spasms and arm fatigue uh, became a thing. So I hope they have him ready for the postseason. I'd be shocked if he didn't come back. As for Tyler O'Neill, he went on the IL the same day as Hicks with a hamstring strain. And Ali said he'll begin a more rigorous running program on Wednesday. And they are hopeful that he'll be ready to go before the start of the playoffs on October the 7th. You know, Hammy's could be an issue you've got plenty of outfielders no real need to rush Tyler O'Neill back at this point so let him fully heal and hopefully he can come back contribute be ready to go in the playoffs because if anything you've got the power that you want to have in that lineup but also his phenomenal defense in left field that's something that uh, I think you definitely need when it comes playoff time once again, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan, Mr. Sully to you, brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. The Brewers did lose on Sunday, so the Cardinals' magic number is at three. Now the team has Monday off. Two-game series in Milwaukee will begin on Tuesday. The Cardinals would clinch the division by winning one of these two games in Milwaukee this week. The reason why that is, is head-to-head -head records are going to be used to break ties this season, and one win would allow the Cardinals to win the overall season series against the Brewers, and that would wrap it up. Tuesday night's pitching matchup, scheduled to be Miles Michaelis, 11-13 on the season against Adrian Hauser, who was 6-9. Nice. Tomorrow, we are going to have a special prospect episode. All right, since we don't have a game tonight, thought I'd talk some prospects with you guys. And I'm not an expert, okay? I don't get to watch the games at, at A-Ball or Springfield or Memphis. But we got a guy who gets to do those things. His name is Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects. And we'll talk about the future of the Cardinals, including...
Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, Moises Gomez, Matthew Libertor, Tinkins, and many, many more. So tomorrow will be a prospect-heavy episode of Locked on Cardinals. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason. We'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals.